Our world is full of them. The media pumps our eyes and ears full of them as often as we plug in. And it is these things that Jesus does not have in mind for us. He says, do not be anxious. Do not worry. Do not be afraid. He traces the root or seed of anxiety, worry, and fear back to a life that is lived in grabbing and gathering all that we can. A life that consists of investment in the things of the world, being invested in the world itself. This will produce anxiety, worry, and fear. So Jesus says to his disciples, not to the whole group of followers that were with him, but only to his disciples, to those who would believe in him and follow and walk in his way, he says, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat, or about your body, what you will put on. For life is more than food, and the body more than clothing. Do not be anxious, Jesus says. It's the same word he uses with Martha when he says, Martha, Martha, you are anxious about many things, but one thing is needful. Anxious or anxiety, those words, they don't mean that you're sitting there biting your fingernails, shaking on the edge of your seat, necessarily. It can also mean to be consumed by, to be distracted with. Do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat, nor about your body, what you will wear, Jesus says. Here's the reason. For life is more than food, and body is more than clothing. The word there for life is suke can mean life or soul. If it means soul, then you have the soul is more than food, the body is more than clothing, soul and body, the whole of our being. What does Jesus mean by this? He means that our life, our souls, cannot be fulfilled by food. And later on, he's going to add drink. We cannot be fulfilled in eating, drinking, and being merry nor in all the derivatives and extensions thereof. Whether it's vacation, or retirement, or wellness, or fitness, or whatever it is that we think will fulfill us, it will not. For life, the soul, is more than food. And the body is more than clothing, more than nice shoes and, and a nice outfit or all the other things, all the other derivatives and extensions that we do in service to our bodies, whether it be pedicures or manicures or special lotions and fragrances or, well, for crying out loud, it's Orange County, Botox, 
surgery. The body is more than clothing. You will not find meaning. You will not find the fulfillment or purpose of your body in these things. Though Christ doesn't say it explicitly, this is his point. Your soul was not made for food or other stuff. Your soul was made for God. Only in God will you find your fulfillment. It's exactly as Augustine famously said. My soul is restless, O Lord, until it finds its rest in thee. And the body, too, does not find its meaning or purpose or fulfillment in anything other than God. To be the very temple of God. To be indwelt by his spirit. To become one body and a member of Christ's body. To be so joined with Christ, not only in life and soul, but also in body, such that we bodily share with him in the eternal presence of the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, one God. Life is way more than food and the body way more than clothing. Now, in order to illustrate his point, Jesus asks us to consider two things. Ravens and lilies. Not exactly the kinds of things we find ourselves considering often. Consider, meditate on, think on, analyze these things. What things? Well, for us, the stock market, the credit cycle, the value of our homes, those are things we consider. Mammon. Jesus says... Consider the ravens. They neither sow nor reap, nor do they have storehouses or barns. And yet, God feeds them. Of how much more value are you than the birds? You know, for all our anxiety, for all our worrisome troubles, some thoughts, how many of us have actually gone a single day without daily bread. And if you have, God must have given it to you shortly thereafter because here you are. God cares for us. For Pete's sakes, Jesus says, he cares for the birds. Of how much more value are you than they? And then he actually pokes a little bit of fun on us here. And which of you, by being anxious can add a single hour to his span of life. You could equally translate it, which of you, by being anxious, could add even a little bit to your height? So all the time you've spent being anxious, being consumed by something, worrying and fretting and plotting and planning, it actually amounted to what? Zilch. The whole time God had it and you in his hands. If you can't even add an hour to your life by your worry, if you're not able to do as small a thing as that, Jesus says, why are you anxious about the rest? 
He then says, consider the lilies. Think on, meditate on these. Of course, what do we think on and meditate on? Elections, politicians, laws and policies, because after all, that's how our body gets cared for and clothed, is it not? It is not. <laughs> Consider the lilies, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed as one of these. But if God so clothes the grass, which is here today and gone tomorrow, how much more will he clothe you, O you of little faith? And there Jesus puts his finger at exactly the root of the problem. Insofar as we are anxious, worried, and fearful, it is precisely because we have had little faith. We have had little trust in God. We have forgotten as we so often, in fact, as we daily forget that God is our Heavenly Father and we are His dear children. Not only does He open His hands and satisfy the desires of every living thing, He opens and sat His hands and satisfies the desires of you and yours. Oh, you of little faith, how easily we forget who we are and whose we are. Jesus goes on. And do not seek what you are to eat and what you are to drink, nor be worried. For all the nations of the world seek after these things, and your Father knows that you need them. All the nations of the world, all the pagans out there, are consumed with their bodily needs. They're consumed with anxiety and worry and fear. If you're doing it like the pagans, you're doing it wrong. Because you're not a pagan. Look what Jesus says. Your father knows what you need. Father is baptismal language. God becomes our father when we are born again, born from above through water and spirit. The baptismal font is like the womb of the church through which we become sons and daughters of Almighty God. Do you think your dear father is going to let you suffer and go for want? By no means. Your father knows that you need these things. So if not seeking after all the things that this earth has for us, what are we to seek after? Instead, Jesus says, seek his kingdom. And all these other things will be added to you. Seek his reign. The kingdom and reign of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, of course, includes his word and everything within his word. But if we had to boil it down to its center and essence, the kingdom and reign of God can be seen in no better place than there on the crucifix. 
where Christ, God in human flesh, is enthroned upon the cross and crowned with thorns and is there reigning in love and mercy supreme. And with his arms stretched out wide open, he draws all men, including you, to himself, that you might live with him in his kingdom. Fear not, little flock, Jesus says, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom, to bring you in, to welcome you, to keep you in by grace and through faith. Little flock is such beautiful language, that's what he calls you, little flock, which means that he is the shepherd, the good shepherd, who leads you beside the quiet waters and brings you to his table where your cup overflows. It is Yahweh in human flesh to be our shepherd, and not merely in some distant future in heaven, but right now. Jesus is risen and lives to be the shepherd and bishop of our souls, to be our pastor. So fear not, little flock, nor be worried, nor be anxious. Do you know who's with you? God in human flesh is with you, risen from the dead. He will shepherd you and he will give you strength. What then? Well, Christ gives us some radical imperatives. They're based on who he is and what he has done. The radical emptying out of himself. There again on the cross, you see that Jesus not only gives up everything he has, he gives up his life and soul, his body, all for our sake. He gives it all away that he might gain it all. So he is our pattern. And thus he says, sell your possessions and give to the needy. Is that not what he did? He gave up everything he had and that for we who are needy. Provide for yourselves with money bags that do not grow old, with treasure in the heavens that does not fail, where no thief approaches and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Which means it's either one or the other. Your treasure is either here on earth in the stuff of this earth, or your treasure is there in heaven, hidden with God in Christ Jesus. If your treasure is here on earth, then you have every reason to be anxious, to worry, and to fear. For any moment, a thief can come and steal, an, earth, an earthquake can come up and demolish, a moth can come and destroy, a stock market crash, can wash it all away. But if your treasure is hidden with God in Christ Jesus, if Christ Jesus and his things are your treasure, there is never any need to be anxious, to worry, or to be afraid. 
for it is all kept safely there with him. It is yours now and for all eternity. How does our God clothe us? Not just with these earthly garments, but with so much more. In the waters of holy baptism, the scriptures say, we have been clothed with Christ Jesus, all our sins covered in the perfect righteousness of Christ. There God has put the full armor upon us, the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the buckler of truth, the shield of faith, the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, and the gospel boots of peace. He has given us and equipped us with this heavenly clothing, with the very armor of God, so that we might not worry or be anxious or fear, but rather know who we are and whose we are and fight. That is our purpose here on earth. And most frequently, not in the grandiose ways we might imagine, but fight to bring the word of God into our homes, to believe in it, to live by it. Fight to comfort and strengthen and console one another here and throughout all the church of God on the earth. Who we are. Clothed in the armor of God, he has made us safe, immortal, and feisty. How has he fed us? certainly with everything that has been given and arrives on our dining room table. But how much more here at this altar, where again the crucifix is so perfectly positioned above the altar, for here in the bread that we eat and in the wine that we drink, we receive the true body and true blood of our Lord Jesus Christ, given and shed once and for all on the cross, and now coming in time and space, to you this very day, that you might receive the forgiveness of sins, Jesus says. And where forgiveness comes, sin is wiped away, death is wiped away, hell is wiped away. Forgiveness, life, and salvation are yours. The church fathers called the Lord's Supper the bread of immortality. So he clothes you, so he feeds you. Of what value are you to him? Well, beauty is in the eye of the beholder, and the same is true for value. And how has he valued you? So much that he laid down his own life and purchased you with his own holy and precious blood, with his own innocent sufferings and death. So valuable, so beloved are you to him. What are you now? Sons and daughters of Almighty God. And what shall you be? Well, we don't know. It's too great for us to even comprehend. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.